Welcome y bienvenidos to Presently Aquí with Claudia, an insightful mindfulness podcast to help you discover ways to control your thoughts, emotions, fears, and essentially mastering self-love. Hi everyone and welcome to Presently Aquí with Claudia. I am your host, Claudia. And today I have a special guest, but I also wanted to take a moment um, and share with you that firstly, you know, Presently Aquí is a community of healers in which I have these beautiful high vibrational conversations with around the world to help inspire you and hopefully empower you to start loving yourself and deeply getting into that space. Um, and my guest today is Carol May Wittick, and we've been having just such a blast today, just talking, and <laughs> I feel we could talk on forever. And so um, I was like, all right, let's start recording because we have so many good gems that we're sharing, and I wanted the listener to enjoy that as well. So Carol May Wittick is a spiritual life coach and creator of High Energetic Resonance Podcast, her conversations and her inspirations. The purpose of the podcast and coaching and coaching her clients is to provide tools for the awakening. Carol recognizes the gift that is occurring for all of us and knows that all of her life experiences have led up to this moment in time. Thank Welcome, you. Goddess. Thank you for inviting me on. It's going to be so much fun. It's nice to be on the other side <laughs> and just just being able to have a conversation. So thank you so much. Yes, I definitely understand. Carol had me on her podcast just before this. And it is so nice, right, to shift that and just be the guest and not have all the <laughs> the mechanics that you have to do in preparation. So now you get to relax. And now we're going to have a beautiful discussion about your journey. And I'm so excited for the listener to hear it. Um, I did want to do something a little different with everyone today. And this is something I've been thinking about. And... Um, so bear with me. Today, we're going to take three deep breaths together. Um, what I want to do eventually through time is incorporate mm. a short meditation prior to every um, conversation because I do feel and I know that it sets the tone. It clears the energy and then we can just be fresh, right? So we're going to do three deep breaths. And in, that, in those three deep breaths, I want you to just accept where you are now. No judgment. Just feel be here now. So um, with each breath, just breathe in. You're here. Feel the cooling air that's going in. Release the warm air out. So inhale the love and release all the pressures and anxieties and depression, anything that may have you not feeling your best self today. Just inhale the love and let go. Just be here. And I always like to open our eyes with gratitude. Thank you for another day. We're here. We're alive. We get to experience and decide what we want to do, right? So today, Carol and I were like, we're recording and having conversations and getting to know each other yeah, all yeah, day it's today. It's been perfect. It's been fun. A really good, a really good end to my day and beginning to yours, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, because you're in London and I'm over here in Los Angeles. So it is a, a beautiful contrast. I love it. Um, and thank you again for coming on. And um, 
you know, these conversations are so meaningful. Um, and I hope that the listener does in, gravitate and understand why these conversations need to be had, because not only is my guest's journey important, but so is your journey. It's just as important. And for you to reflect and look at and appreciate what has happened, what is happening, and what's going to come that is greater because you're creating that awareness within yourself, right? So, Carol, my love, um, wanted to know, um, you know, my... My process is having the butterfly journey, right? Your caterpillar, your cocoon, and your butterfly stage of the metamorphosis in your life. What are some difficult challenges that you faced in your early stages mm. of self-discovery and really coming back home to yourself? Um, a lot of it was, I think it was just from a challenging childhood. And um, the it and it started very early. I think the the the, the initial um, challenge that I had to uh, experience, and it's something that has stayed. You know, it's something that you kind of never really move through. Was that I was uh, lost my father when I was four years old, and it was a very sudden. Um, think you don't expect that to happen you know like I was young my mum was young and and I also had a have a younger brother as well so for her it was this kind of real shift where she was left with two tiny tiny children and you don't really um really understand the impact of losing a parent um until much later sometimes as well and especially in those very formative years when you don't have language for what's happening to you you know if you if I was maybe if I was like seven or ten or in my teens I'd be able to verbalize what I was experienced but because of it happening that much younger when I was probably barely talking um you internalize these things and they become like trauma in your body and and that you don't really realize how it's going to affect you going forward and now you know being being a grown woman and looking back on that and just kind of like <laughs> looking at it from a woman's eyes and just seeing how did that affect me and I saw I saw on multiple levels the effect that it had on me and it was instrumental actually and it really um cast a shadow if you want to say on the way that I lived my life and what I experienced through life because there was always now I can I can kind of put words to it that there was this sense of loss that at the time I couldn't I yeah. didn't know what it was there was always this kind of like awareness of something what is it you know and you go through life and you make the best of it mm. but um that was something that I could never really work out and of course when you lose the uh, pivotal male figure in your life as a girl then that also uh, alters the experience that you have with males going forward so you can see how that you know we could laugh about that because we we're laughing yes. about our experiences with you know boyfriends <laughs> earlier as well but and, and also that had an effect on my mother because then she lived with grief for the remainder of her life and it really shifted her and had and really impacted her health on a mental level as well so it was kind of growing up with that grief, but also growing up in, in um, and, and just witnessing the, how, how difficult it was for my mum to bring up two children in that grief and trying to reshape her world and the, um, 
and 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 the 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 loss of dreams that she must have been experiencing again I never really were able, was able to kind of like verbalize what it is and understand what it is until much older but also what I realized was there's a level of strength that she had in order to do that so uh, yeah so it was um living with the the grief of losing a father but also witnessing my mom's grief and the effect that it had on her and her mental health um so that that was to navigate as well as as two young children going through the world with a parent who was in a space not always to be able to give to you not because they didn't want to but just because they you know that's that's the space that they were in and all the things that brought with it with it so it meant that our childhood was very disjointed very we moved around a lot we're in different spaces when my mum was unwell um so it kind of brought up a kind of survival um a level of survival that maybe I was overly living in survival mm. mode really mm-hmm. because things were always shifting things were o- always moving um and I recognize now that that same pattern stayed with me for a long time is that I just had that I didn't want to stay in anywhere at one space too long. Some people live in the same house for 50 years, right? I'm always like, okay, I'm getting bored now. I need to move. You know, there's always that shifting energy around me. But even even through that and even through the challenges that I had um, with my mom, living with my mom's mental health and her grieving, is I recognized a strength, you know, from... Um, if I think of all the things that she managed to give to me, it was a sense of always wanting to learn, a sense of pushing through despite, you know, the the way that she was treated by the health professions because of her illness. And, and you know, as the, the older that I get and the more that I understand about the medical industry and the way that they treat certain things, I have a, you know, I really want to kind of feel into what was going on there because maybe it wasn't what we were presented with we're learning so much more now about those medications that they give people that they diagnose with a mental illness that maybe it wasn't that and it was just grief that needed somebody to she needs someone to connect with and to speak to and to heal not just be thrown into this loss and then trying to you know pull everything of your life together and push forward so um there's the, and it's it's kind of left me with a, a massive mistrust of the medical industry and medications as a whole anyway um i've been very reluctant to even take uh, an aspirin or anything like that unless i'm like you know <laughs> completely to the way where i have to take something but i'm just i i don't want to do that because also i see how it creates a dependency and towards the end of her life she became dependent on that on those drugs because she felt that they were helping her and they they were responsible for her being her her demise really the way that it kind of played on her body and everything like that mm. but like i said throughout that even with all of that going on there was still this strength of wanting to learn there was still this um wanting to do right by her children you know how she found the money to buy pianos and send us to music lessons it was like but I learned creativity from her. I learned how to make clothes and sew and cook and despite all of these things. So it was kind of, it's a it's a bittersweet learning in that there were a lot of challenges and I saw a lot of suffering and pain. 
Um, but also I recognize the resilience of like, let bring it, you know? And even though it might kind of pull you down, like it always, you like you always kind of clamber back up. So I've always like, that's one of the lessons that I've really learned from her is despite anything, um, you know, you might be down for a little bit, but you come up and that's that's one thing that has really taught me out of that is is a resilience you don't give you don't give up you don't give up it's truly important mm. and that's why you know these come these this question and having you know the guests kind of bring up these these hardships these you know these things that we've gone through the traumatic experiences the suffering right it really it molds you right i know mm. um in, in Carol's podcast, we were talking about, you know, the fact that I teach children mindfulness and how she would have liked to have this as a child. But, you know, at the same token, would you be who you are today? Right? Hmm. No, of course not. But but my um, curiosity for like my father was a pastor, so I came from the church, you know, so there was always this sense of belief in something in God. Um, even though I didn't stay in the church, that has stayed with me. Um, but also then I went on my own journey of exploration of all different modalities and spirituality and esoteric things. So who knows? Like, I often wonder, like, if my father was still alive because he was such a prominent figure in the community. Um, would it be okay for like his daughter to go off to India and do like yoga courses? You know what I mean? So who knows? Who knows? And that's why I love hearing the journey because Mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know, for me, it, it, it brings out a different. So for, for the caterpillar stage for all of us, right? The, the struggles, all of this, now that we're in the space, now we're the butterfly, right? By bringing up that aspect, for me, what I feel is that we're putting light into something that needed it at the time, right? We're kind of time traveling by having these conversations, in a sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then giving you, even though everyone who's come on has done a lot of healing work and shadow work, I think that um, when we're having these conversations on on a platform like this, Right. I think there's an aspect of light that you're shining on to that that part of your life that perhaps we weren't aware of or that it needed it. Right. That Mm -hmm. it just needed to be seen now that it happened so long ago. Right. It just needs to be shared um, because it is like the lotus. Right. We were stuck in the mud and like you don't know as you're growing how deep the mud is. And then then when you come out of the mud, you're in the water. So you're still not out. Right. And then you finally rise above and then you're the lotus flower. Right. So it's just so powerful. These, these aspects of our lives. And I, I really enjoy hearing them because I only know you now. Right. I don't know you then. And so what it does, it's kind of like a math problem and it becomes like, Oh, I see how we got the the equation today, right? How she was able to be this, you know, for me, the experience with, with Carol so far has been just this exuberant, vibrant, um, self-loving being. And I always like, how did you get here? Right. How did you do this? So, um, thank you for sharing that those, those parts that are, 
sometimes can be difficult to share or just also to illuminate right within us. Um, so having, you know, missing the father figure um, for you, how did you traverse that uh, being a young adult, right? Because now we're now in the dating world, right? And all this, how we view the masculine, you know, how were you able mm-hmm. to, or what was the challenge there for you until you were able to come out of it a little bit? <laughs> I'm going to preempt it with laughter. Um, I spent um, about 20 years making some messed up mistakes. <laughs> that's, yes. That's, how, that's the only way, you know, I didn't have, um, I didn't have a, a father figure at home, but also within the wider family, there weren't really any men mm-hmm. about, you know, so really my mom was the only one out of like her sisters that got married and like, met, like um, made the attempt to actually create a family unit within the home that was a permanent unit. Um, whether it's cultural or whether it's you know you you can look at it in different ways but my my aunts had children but never really had partners so i didn't have a um uh i didn't have a version of a working relationship on a day-to-day basis in front of me so i didn't know what a relationship looked Mm -hmm. like so all i'd see was just kind of people getting pregnant and children happening which sounds really weird but that was kind of the truth of it so how I learned about relationships was what the media told mm. me, what mm-hmm. what music told right. me. Um, you know, I kind of learned fairy tales and and Hollywood and uh-huh. and like this fictional idea of what love would be. And then moving into dating, it was, um, you know, if someone liked me and they told me some nice stuff, <laughs> then <laughs> we've all been there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 bar was the bar was like pretty low in terms of like you know um who who I would I just wanted attention I needed male attention and because the what I see about that is if you have a strong father figure in terms of a positive father figure then your bar is set really yes. high like you know like your level is if you don't hit 10 and above you right. are not coming into my space when there's no figure there like the bar is pretty much on the ground uh-huh. unfortunately it means that any slime ball can climb, climb in yes. under and, and I met them all you know <laughs> like <laughs> you know we've all got the stories right. and like I'm glad I can laugh about it now but um the last like um you know and I I, I kind of made a decision when I had my last relationship I say that in quotation marks um, there were two um, instances, but one particular, were, well, there were two that happened kind of back to back, like not kind of back to back, but like in, in succession of each other. And there was one, there was someone who I got really friendly with, you know, and we were friends beforehand. Um, and then it ended in a way that um, was really surprising to me, you know, but I realized looking back on it, he told me all the way through who, who he was. Like we were friends, but he always kind of told me the, the kind of boyfriend he was. Right. And yeah, I always went out, you know, and I'm sure everyone's done this is because I see into people and see their potential. Mm-hmm. I was dating his potential. Right. <laughs> you know? So I was going out with the person that he could be, right. despite him telling me all the time who he right. was. Um, 
and then I saw someone about a year or so after that and that just kind of went in a weird way there was a lot of me going for unavailable men because my pattern and my blueprint was men are unavailable you know even though you know it become unavailable because he's died but that was the blueprint Mm -hmm. unavailable man so I'd find unavailable guys because that was the comfort zone that's what I understood and then when I realized that that was um something that happened I was like okay I'm not going to do this anymore and that was just kind of after like just after my 40th birthday and I'm like I'm 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 going to stop because I'm continuing to attract a certain person and if I don't stop and really look at myself and what I'm doing here then I'm just going to be um it's going to be a mess really Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep perpetuating this and I don't want to be someone who goes that all men are this and all men are that and because then they're not I know that there are some really genuine sweet totally heart-centered guys out there but for some reason I don't recognize that or I don't resonate with that and I and maybe if somebody came to me with that kind of open heart it would be too overwhelming for my nervous system I'm not used to that my nervous system my blueprint is unavailable and if you're coming to me with like love I'll be like no like ah I'd I'd run for the hills Uh you know so I I I cut it off I deliberately cut it off and said okay I'm not going to do this and I'm going to work out what the hell's going on with me and that was just after I turned 40 and I didn't plan for it, but it turned out to be 10 years. Nice. Just because, you know, like, you know, and looking back on it now, I'm like, okay, it means, so there's a lot of like introspection, a lot of work during that time. My mom passed as well. So, you know, I had to kind of work through that. And then we, then I went traveling and then I came back to the UK. Then we had a pandemic. So, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So, you know, who's going at well, I and I the thing is I know some people who are still doing the Tinder swap oh, stuff all through that. And I'm just like, that's not my bad. Yes. Because I at that point I'd spent so much time traveling around the world, meeting people, doing a lot of work and really getting to know what I wanted and then realizing that I this is what I want so in order if I want that then I need to kind of meet that and also open up my um my nervous system my energetic system to be able to hold this big love that I want to bring in and I need to represent and hold so all the big things that I want I need to be all the big things so that I feel worthy of that you know and it's not like it, it turned into 10 years it wasn't the plan so now I'm just like okay we're done with that it's like I didn't it, like the celibacy and that game is over we're stepping into who we want now and now I want I want to kind of meet someone on that level and have that real relationship that I've you know taken time out in order to cultivate mm-hmm. it's like I said it wasn't the plan right. to be so long <laughs> but this is the way that it is so I feel more open and more ready for that and more deserving of it as well because when someone's giving you all of that love if you don't feel deserving of it then you're just going to sabotage as with That's anything true. you know that like like they say if um if someone who doesn't have the mindset for money wins and wins the lottery mm-hmm. they'll find a way of losing yes. it they'll sabotage it they'll get rid of right. it and if I'm holding in my mind that I want to have this really deep awakened like everything all the things that we dream of relationship then I need to make sure that I'm in a space that I feel that I deserve it so I don't mess it up right 
Definitely. That's powerful. That's really powerful. You hit on a lot of very important points. Um, first, mm-hmm. your nervous system, right? Having the awareness, right? That no matter what form of abundance may come through, you're still going to be sabotaging and resisting. Like, no, no, yeah. no, I want to, I, I want the lotto. No, I'm just going to use it all. And when a week it's gone, right? Oh, this yeah, amazing yeah. conscious man is coming to it. Uh, no, 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 that's not, no. <laughs> right. So it's all these ways that we do because I love that you, you connected it, right? The, I was brought up this way. This is all I knew. So if the opposite were to come, I wouldn't know what to do with that. What, what do I say to that? How do I act? Cause I've, i my body's not prepared, right? My nervous system's not ready. My, my, mental shifts like the perspective the way i see life isn't changed energetically i haven't released a lot of these traumas and, and the mm. the the way that you know the masculine energy in my life has affected me and i you know there's so many factors that go on mm. and you know you say the 10 years but i mean it's a lot it is a lot for you to transform in a space where you are worthy of not only all of these things, but worthy of yourself, right? Worthy to Mm -hmm. see that you are worthy to give it all to yourself before you can ask the external to give it to you, to be the reflection, Mm -hmm. right? Can I add something to that as well? I've um, recently, the past couple of weeks, been doing this um, course where we're like working on our intuition and reading each other, and it's been fascinating for me. And um, one of, and we've been just doing a lot of practice over the past few days. And um, this morning, I think it was, or um, one of the ladies, she was reading me. We were just in a breakout room on a Zoom call and she was like just tapping in. It's fascinating because when you get out of your way, what comes out, you, you feel your psychic abilities. Yes. And what she was saying to me was like, you know, you're, you've really boxed away your masculine and your feminine is really high and you, you, you're not leaning into your masculine. And she, she, it didn't really make sense to her, but she, was, she didn't realize how spot on she was. And the reason she was spot on is going back to the way that I grew up because it was just mainly women in, in my family. They became more and more masculine as time went on and they embodied this mm-hmm. masculine energy mm-hmm more so which is why their femininity dropped away from them because they just had to be in the world in in that way and I saw the hardness that it brought to them and understanding you know the research and the reading and the learning that I've done about conscious relationships and trying to get that balance of male and female is the only way that I'm going to be able to invite a masculine into me is if I feel safe in my feminine yes. and not think that feminine energy is weak. Yes. I, I need to work out how to cultivate strength in, strength in the feminine yes. without it being like wishy-washy or weak. Mm-hmm. But, and, and then also, you know, use aspects of masculinity. But, and that was what she was seeing. And I was saying, yeah, I've made a decision. You know, I, I made a conscious decision to not force things through in a masculine way because I know I can do that I can play that game we all can but I'm going to lose the opportunity and I could see how I played that in previous relationships as well I was just doing the things and do you know and kind of like erasing these this these guys opportunity to step into masculine because I was being all the energy so now it's like one of the things that I'm learning again which is completely counter to where Mm -hmm. I've come from is how to be feminine, how to be strong, yeah. 
and make room for a masculine to come in and allow a masculine to be masculine. So I wanted to add that on. That's as well. amazing. Yes, it's it's important to bring up that point, right? Because I I also resonate. I, you know, I my mother was predominantly masculine, and I have brothers, so I was definitely in that space for a long time, up until um, last person I dated brought it to my attention, saying like you're very masculine, and uh, I'm. I didn't see it as a negative thing or that there was an energetic force in me that was um, kind of overpowering what my natural state was, which is the feminine, right? So for you to be conscientious and having this beautiful uh, reflection, this mirror, right? Because she's becoming your mirror, this this exercise that you're doing uh, where she can show mm-hmm. you, right? And you're seeing where we are, we're meeting where where can i be more feminine right and it's again reconstructing and deprogramming all the ways that we've just got so used to in that survival because the the masculine energy is great for survival right It, it really helps traverse that water and then when you start doing the work and you want to be more in your space and what does that feel like right because we both have you know this conversation is or this topic is always, we know that we have both energies, right? And the point is to have a balance. But if you, you know, and I'm speaking of heterosexual people where um, you are, your body is a female, you want to embody the feminine more because that is the natural disposition of where you are. And same for the masculine, right? Because there are feminine masculines, right? And they're not embodying what their, dis- their natural disposition is and that can become an imbalance in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? So thank you for bringing that up because and then you, you've had the experience of other people tell you like, oh, you're mostly here. And, you know, if you want to invite that divine masculine to come in and be that safe space where you can be that free-flowing, creative feminine, you know, you have to know what that feels like for you first before someone can come into your space. And that's truly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're exploring that, um, how are you feeling as you're going through that? Like what that 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 feminine that's in slumber right now that you have awakened her? Um, how mm-hmm. how is that feeling different for you? It's feeling. Um, a, I would say at this point in time, it's it's a new space, but it's actually um, there's a it's a different kind of strength. Mm. You know, there's a different, um, there's a strength that you can yield um, just by exuding your presence, really, just kind of making it be in your presence as opposed to kind of going in mm. and, and, and pushing and shoving mm. and everything like mm. that. So I find that the more that I can see myself in that, see myself in that softness, yeah. um, it's, it's new because, like I said, it's not been modeled for me. And uh, it's new because it's, um, and sometimes it can be like, is this okay? You know what I mean? It's like me kind of like leaning more into something that feels very foreign. And I know it because also I, I can see by my washing. And the reason I'll say this is there was a few years back, I remember doing some washing and I just looked at what my clothes were just gray and black and navy mm. and I'm not you know but but and not even like feminine yes. you know I wasn't 
I hadn't worn earrings for ages. Mm -hmm. I, I had all of these clothes that I used to wear when I was performing, you know, all the stage clothes and everything. They were all locked in a box. And all it was were just like kind of like it's just the, the most basic of things. I remember just looking at these clothes and just being like, whose stuff is this? Mm-hmm. And just seeing I'd kind of got into a, a way of just being in, invisible to myself mm-hmm. and forgetting that mm-hmm. I had all of these things. And it wasn't until, you know, if I'd move house and I'd open up my stuff and I'd see these bright clothes and like the, all this jewelry and earrings and things that I used to wear. And it just be like, where is the person that used to wear this stuff? And I'd kind of really pulled back. Um, and it was, it, it, it was just like, let me start to re reinvite and reemerge mm. into those things. So it comes also in just the way that I kind of adorn myself mm every day you know even if I'm not going out I try and like you know like we could we can kind of keep it like you know I'm in the house it's like leggings and a vest but there's a way of making even the most basic things feel beautiful and then I make sure that around me I've got just pretty trinkets and things that I can look at that make me smile because um, I find that, and this is a generalization, that guys, especially guys who are single, just tend to do with the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell that they're single. There's right. probably not even a plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very so it's always, it's also about my environment, just making sure that it feels opulent and there are things to look at and things that are soft and beautiful yes. and, 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 and reintroducing music and reintroducing smiling right. and, you know, now and again wearing lipstick. I'm not like a big makeup wearer, but just kind of reminding myself that um, that I the, there's there's a lady that that needs to express herself. I'm growing my hair out as well, which is why I'm doing the wrap thing because it's like that weird length. Because for years I shaved my head. Wow. I and I re yeah, and I kept it really low. And part of it was a fashion right. thing, but also there was an element of it when I look back on it. I mean, this is probably an extreme way to describe it, but there was an element of almost like self-mutilation, mm-hmm. you yes. know? And um, and the reason I say that is there'd be instances where I would be upset by a situation mm-hmm. and it wasn't always necessarily with a guy, but something would happen either in a workspace or anything like that where because my hair was longer, people would approach me differently. Yes. And the way that I would deal with the hurt of that and that kind of pushback is I'd shave my hair again because I'm tall as well. So people would be like, oh, my God, it's like this tall black woman with a with a bald head, you know, in order to kind of create this um, intimidation, mm-hmm. you know, yes. that, and that when I look back on it, I can see how I used that as a, as a as a as a safety net basically yeah. it's like to keep myself safe but also to you you build a wall to keep yourself safe you're also keeping people away you know yes. um so also there's me kind of growing my hair back and re re you know bringing that back into bringing that back into myself so at the moment it's yeah, yeah. that halfway house yeah. which we all go through when we're growing it back but it's just kind of re just stepping into more of that Mm -hmm. and having a vision of where I'm going with this and I'm like I'm gonna knuckle through that awkward (laughs) awkward length that I would normally just go and like go to a barber and go like whap you know take it off 
and move more into that. And that's just, my, you know, not to say that short hair isn't feminine, but for me, I know what a lot of the time my motives were for keeping my hair short. And I want to move away from that now and kind of show myself and represent myself in the world in a different way and just cultivate a new image, which is fun because yes. I'm kind of finding yeah. old, you know, old clothes and like, remember this and remember that. And you know, bringing that, bringing that aspect of myself back in. Beautiful. Because that's being honest with yourself. It's, it's, right. a, it's very a radical way of being honest, seeing your clothes, seeing your, your, why, why, right? Seeing the why you've been behaving your behavior patterns. Why am I, why is my clothes all dark? Why do I shave my head? Why do I do this? And, and, and having the correlation, right? The moment of like, oh, that is my masculine, not my feminine. And I definitely resonate with all of that because I had the same. My closet was black, gray, extra gray, light black, right? <laughs> and then I also was not a makeup person. I also uh, would dress a certain way just so I don't get attention, keeping ourselves safe. It's so important you brought that up, right? The things that we do behavior-wise because of you know our, our, the upbringing, right? Our traumas, our survivor um, aspect of ourselves that trans- always keeps us safe. But then you said it's keeping people away is keeping love away is keeping you know if you're doing that to keep to have a a barrier between you and anything there's that barrier within you right and your barrier was not not allowing the feminine aspect of yourself to to flourish to come through because we were comfortable and it's familiar to be in the space and feel safe is so important but again um for you to dive in and to see that there is a different way, right? A different way to feel safe and then to step into my feminine self and Mm -hmm. and to embrace that. And it's okay now. Like, thank you. That part of ourselves, like, thank you so much. And I love you for everything you've done, but we're going to shift now and I'm going to show you a different way. And I think that's truly powerful to come into Mm -hmm. that space within yourself. And, um, to be open, right? To, to embrace that. Um, what I do that's silly, like if I know I'm going to be home and I want to feel feminine and I'll still be in like uh, my sweats, I'll put on heels, right? Just simple things. Just so the, the, the female listener may be out there. I know there's going to be a lot of women that resonate with this because, you know, the world is masculine energy mostly. Mm-hmm. And so our survivor mm-hmm. tactics are going to be predominantly in that space and then we get shamed for it and we shame ourselves and why are we not in that space you know we also need masculine men to show us that we can feel safe in our feminine and not want to come into that fight or flight masculine space that we're so accustomed to um and that's i think um do you feel that um now that you're coming into this new space for yourself um and now when you are ready, if you are ready to look for a new relationship, are you seeing now like what aspects of a man it is that you you want to be, you know, kind of you brought it up a little bit where you want a man to be in his masculinity so that way you can be in your femininity. Like what are some ways that you now can see, right? Because um, this is your perspective, right? As you were dating certain men and seeing why you're running this pattern 
to now undo the pattern, right? And for yourself mm -hmm. personally, what are some aspects in a man and a masculine are you are you now wanting to accept and welcome in so that way your feminine is feeling safe? I feel safety um, around men and I've been kind of working and collaborating with, with guys as well, like don't feel any kind of like relationship with them at all, but I feel kind of safe in terms of like work um, aspects with them is when there is consistency and when there is clarity, when they're sure of themselves. You know, you don't want someone who's like here today, gone tomorrow in their own mind. Someone who can stick to their word basically yes. as well, that kind of personal integrity. Um, someone who is conscious of their patterns, someone who's taking ownership of their stuff to best they, you know, as best they can. Um, in, and someone who's been on a similar journey, you don't have to have gone through the same things. I mean, someone who re recognizes that life may have like thrown them around a little bit. And in order to be uh, a, a functioning, high functioning adult, you need to kind of own your crap, you know, and do what you can to accept it. And then someone who is so, someone who I can have a deep conversation with. And it's not about necessarily agreeing with each other or but being the ability to learn from each other and have whole space for people to kind of like work out what they want to do with each with with each other's lives and but it's I, for me the for the most part it's someone who has a sense of self-leadership and knowledge about knowing who they are yes. and leadership and very and, and very much clarity about what they want to create in the world I'm more drawn to guys who tend to be more entrepreneurial mm -hmm. than, um, you know, they're, they're creating their own right. thing. They're creating their own world right. more so than guys who are employees. Right. But th that's just because that's in the space that I'm in. Right. And I tend to meet people who are creating from, the, you know, the ground up. Right. And I reckon, you know, and I respect that because I know how hard it right. is because I've done it for myself. Well, right, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that ties into, uh, as an entrepreneur, sovereignty right you now mm. realize that you are the master of your reality so that's very attractive right when you are oh, yeah. the master of your reality right so you want someone else who has that understanding of that in order for for me to walk with you and hand in hand I need you to understand where I am and that is in sovereign space and I would love for you to be in that sovereign space in your masculine And mm -hmm. I love that you brought all of this up of, you know, the consistency and right, because it, the masculine is the foundation of the relationship, right? They hold it steady. So that way we may be free flowing, right? Mm. Um, so that's beautiful that, and the reason I asked, because, um, you know, we all know what we're looking for, but I wanted to hear your progress, right, from, you know, losing your father um, and seeing your mother struggle and all the maternals in your in your life, and then for you to start to having the awareness and heal that aspect and then hearing you say in it is a big deal. And, you know, uh, this may be weird uh, for the listener, but maybe not for you, but I'm really proud of you. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate it's, it's that. It's a lot yeah. of thank you. You know, getting there and seeing it and and knowing that you are worthy of that aspect because you have 
done and doing the work and knowing that it takes what it takes to start your own business or to come into yourself, right? And what is that like? Mm -hmm. And having that uh, simpatico kind of like that resonance with each other. And, um, you know, I think anything from that basis, you can both tackle. Like you said, communication mm -hmm. is a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, you know, yeah. yes, we are women. We love to communicate, but communication, uh, again, the masculine is an aspect that they can learn to learn how to communicate if they don't, because how else do you express, right? Um, and, and without communication, even within yourself, how are you going to release all that is within that's holding you from becoming your truest self, right? So thank you so much for that. That was remarkable. Um, what now that, you know, as you're growing and doing, you know, the healing work and your shadow work and seeing all the different aspects and reflections of yourself, where in that space did you finally decide, I want to be a spiritual coach, a spiritual coach? Um. Do you know what, it's, it seems like it's something that has always, um, people have always opened up to me. So not necessarily that I was coaching them at that point in time, but initially it was, even when I was doing other jobs, people would come to me and um, especially when I was doing a lot of sales work and I'd be in exhibitions, so I would be meeting hundreds of people a day. You know, I'm there to like promote and sell. Mm -hmm. And every now and again, there'd be someone would come and, you know, I'm trying to sell them whatever product I'm promoting. Um, but then they'd end up kind of telling me their life story. And then they kind of catch themselves and be like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Like, I don't know you. I, so I, I knew that I had um, something that would pull people in and just would feel safe to kind of share with me. Um, and also because I... I like to listen. I like to learn as much as I like to talk <laughs> on the podcast as well. But I do like to learn about people. And the way that I've kind of got through my life has always been to ask questions like, why is this happening? Why are people doing this? Why is this? Why is that? And I then flip it on myself to be like, well, why am I doing that? Why am I repeating that pattern? Why am I not letting love in? Why am I, you know, why am I not doing all the things that I say that I want to do? Why am I pulling back? Um, and, you know, and then I found that I was, I was starting to do that kind of on a voluntary basis behind the scenes and knowing that, um, yes, I'm doing the podcast and I'm, and I'm really enjoying that and that, um, I wasn't necessarily going to recreate or, or try and push back into a music career so much. Um, so, so what's the next evolution? And it just, you know, I knew that I wanted to help and just seeing the way that the world is evolving right now and what it is that people who are thriving through this or really rising up through this are, are, are where they're at. It's like maybe I can create something that can assist mm -hmm. and that's where that whole... Um, then it was like, okay, life coach. And someone said to me, you're a life coach. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't kind of do it. You know, yeah. and I chewed over, I was like, when I was trying to like work out what do I call myself and I'd seen so many different names and it was, you know, spiritual life coach. And, and it's not a new name, basically, you know, like there's many out there, but it was for me to go, does this feel like it describes what I'm doing? Or And 
and it just kind of seemed to make sense it's like yeah there's the element of getting people from a in their life to the b that they want to be but with the spiritual aspect is also going to infuse them with um spiritual practices that they can use to kind of bring themselves up so it's not just where a life coach will take you from a to b with kind of 3d level uh tools Mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with that but just um allowing there to be an additional aspect to what we're doing so you know some people will see the word spiritual and get flipped Mm -hmm. out about it but if if we see spirituality and the spiritual life as just another level of intelligence because that's who we are at our fullest right so we we come in and we're physical and we learn how to maneuver our physical body and then we go to school and we you know rightly or wrongly get fed our intelligence so we learn how to kind of read the world on a we read and we write and we calculate and we form things and we we kind of build up that level of intelligence then we work on our emotional intelligence and usually that's kind of where people stop you know some people will go to a high level of emotional intelligence some people will just stop at uh, intellectual level and not really develop their emotional level but once you've got past that really working out your behaviors the next level to push into is your spiritual Mm -hmm. you know if we're spiritual beings then that's part of our intelligences then we should incorporate all of our intelligences so that's what the aspect of uh, spiritual life coaching is that that I'm Um, that I'm offering is to bring people from A to B by using all of your regular life tools, but all, you know, life coaching tools, but also incorporating, like kind of getting, uh, not getting, but encouraging clients to open up to their spiritual intelligences. Because once you kind of expand yourself out into the spiritual aspect of things, everything becomes super clear (laughs) you know it's like way easier from that the only you know maybe the hurdle is that belief that you can that you have an inner voice that you have a higher self that you can actually see and visualize and manifest your future all of these things are true but we do have to work on the the bits that may be limiting us as well it's all all well and good being able to manifest money but if you've still got that um, kind of like low level belief system around money you'll manifest it and it will go out the door you know you'll probably get a bill the next day that will take it away so it's about working on your energies on all levels so that what you're able to bring into you which is anything as long as you master those uh, intelligences about yourself that you're able to function and keep it and then just move in the world in a different way because we need to be more of us and more of us functioning from that level now out of the physical um and out of the iq and even out of the emotional because if we stay in our emotions we find a lot of the time we get triggered by our emotional um our emotional wounds you know like especially when things get played out on on the media people are reacting from emotion and it, while while it helps to be open emotionally if you have a spiritual perspective then you can kind of see, you're you're kind of looking at it from an even higher perspective so when someone comes at you and tries to get to your emotions your your spiritual self is going okay i see what you're doing right. the game that you're playing but i'm here and i'm i'm witnessing it lovingly mm-hmm. and and it, may, it just kind of 
fortifies you in an extra level. And um, I just realized that that is what I had been doing for myself all along. Mm-hmm, yeah. So then when it came for me to kind of like just add like adding some additional tools to the um, the training that I was doing was um, I've done this for myself my entire life. I've cre- what I've created this higher energetic resonance, this spiritual life coach, and this is I've been my own life coach for 50 years. So I think I've got some experience <laughs> to be able to to guide and and do it. And you know, I was saying we were saying before, it's like for me, um, especially in this day and age, you have to be embodying and living what you're offering nowadays. And especially in the age of the entrepreneur, yes. it's like if I'm not if I haven't lived what I'm talking about, then no one's going to be interested in working with me. You know, it's like being, yeah, I'm a health right. coach, but okay, don't, don't worry about the fact that I'm out of shape. It's just like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just like it, you have to kind of embody um, what it is that you're offering. And that's what I can offer is that I've lived this and all of these things, all of these tools that I offer and share and suggest are things that I've used and some things that, you know some things that I learned just recently and other things that I was doing almost by instinct as a child so it it incorporates so much and yeah that's why I'm doing it because it just feels like a natural progression yeah definitely and that's what happens um you know for everyone who's listening that while you're going through your journey it's really preparing you for how you can share what you went through with others to help them overcome obstacles that you've Mm -hmm. come through right and and I think that also you know when you were talking about embodying I definitely talk about this on my podcast where I say you have to use discernment when you're looking for a life coach spiritual soul and whatever type of uh support you are seeking definitely look at where they are right where are they Mm -hmm. are they embodying that aspect that you are looking to embody yourself or need help to embody um, because there are a lot of people that are offering things, but really, are they? Are, have they become what they? You know, what is the saying? Um, put your mouth. Put your. Put your. Um, what your money where your mouth yes, is? Is that the one? Yes. Like be <laughs> what you are. Like if you are so and so, do you practice that? And, you know, for mm. for most of us and most of the people that I bring on, that is why I, I show the progress, right? The, the life journey to see that this is why they've, they've become this butterfly because the life has shaped and molded them to go through all of these things. And now mm. they can, they come out of their cocoon and become the butterfly and say, hey, to the other caterpillars, like, it's going to be okay. Right. And if you're in the cocoon, you're doing it. How can I help you shift the molecules right within your cocoon? And I love that you said um, how you you spoke on it as an intelligence, because it is the spiritual intelligence, the emotional intelligence, right? The body intelligence. They are that though. Intelligence is consciousness. Right. Forms of consciousness that you're tapping into um, in order to. I think, you know, the way you're you're offering it is um, the higher energetic resonance. If that is where you want to reach to, highly, I highly recommend reaching out to Carol. But uh, that if that's where you're reaching now, like she said, if you just want to do the 
the A to B and then move on. There's plenty of those people, but for the listener, usually in our podcast, both our podcasts are in a higher energetic resonance and a higher frequency of wanting to um, expand further of from what they were told and programmed to just be in this box when we are so vast, right? And so I love that you really touched up on and kind of given the listener um, a broader view of, you know, why you do what you do and how you do it, because um, Mm -hmm. it's important to understand. I think that um, when you are seeking guidance or support, it's important to hear the the human part of you as you're going, let's say if I hire you, Carol, and I hear the human aspect and the struggle, your journey, and how that resonates with me. And I will be more susceptible and open to receiving what you have to give me, right? Versus Mm -hmm. trying something new and maybe you got a referral or recommendation to try this person without doing the research. And then what happens is the ego will test out that person, might self-sabotage or not be ready, right? So you want to um, allow the person's humanness, right? Their, Their caterpillar cocoon to come through so you don't just see the butterfly and kind of idolize that aspect of them and not see like, hey, I struggled I went through a lot, um, you know, we're still healing and we're still doing the work and um, you'll know that you'll start to, um, you, you know, you'll start to become the, the butterfly that's leaning over to Carol's light. Like her light is so bright. Like I want, what else can I expand, right? So I think that that's truly beautiful. I wanted to ask you, how did your, your podcast come through? Like how did that um start for you and where did the idea flourish to start these beautiful conversations wow um so the the higher energetic resonance that the her that actually came through from i did a song uh maybe about 10 11 years ago when i was doing music and it was a song called attraction which was a about the law of attraction if anything as well and um what I remember when I was seeing some of the stills from the video shoot, because I, I went all out, I got hired someone to do a video for me and all this kind of thing. And I'm glad I did, you know, and um, because it was just a great fun experience of like putting uh, a project together. And even the song was the song was the only song that I've ever sat up in bed and just written from start to finish like that rarely happens Mm -hmm. you know but anyway that's kind of a bit of a backstory but I remember seeing um one of the pictures that um from the shoot and I had this I was wearing this red dress and I'd found this dress on Instagram it was just like a random thing I, I wanted this dress I found someone who designed it I sent her a message I went round to her house <laughs> and said I need a dress for this video um that I'm doing and she like lent me her dress and um I didn't even know if it was going to fit me I'm like tall you yeah. know <laughs> like, I'm six foot tall practically okay. but I put this dress on and this dress fit um just fit me perfectly and um but I remember looking at the stills and just being like who is her and I I used to blog a lot at the time and I just saw there was a a, a before shoot when I was getting my makeup done and then there was me all made up with this dress and I just had this kind of her and her Mm. and I hadn't really done anything with that her 
you know, I just write a blog post about it. And then in 2017, I was feeling that I wanted to do something in terms of I didn't want to keep doing blogging and I didn't want to just do a YouTube channel where you followed me around no. because there wasn't really that much happening in my life, you know, but I could, I, I wanted to kind of have something out there and that's where um, the idea of conversations came from. And then it was like, Oh, her, oh I've got that her conversations. And because I'm a writer and I like wordplay and everything, that's where I kind of played around and did that higher energetic resonance and that's where that came from. So it birthed in um, September, October 2017. And initially it was um, her conversations, Tools for the Awakening Woman. So at the, at the time, for at least three years, I was only speaking to women. And um, then when 2020 happened, there was a shift. And what I found was a lot of... Um, people in that spiritual and wellness space were not really seeing what was happening and that was a huge surprise to me because beforehand I'd spoken to every kind of healer every kind of wellness person but then there was like not everyone was seeing what was happening because um I'd written this whole piece that I I recite at the beginning of every um episode and it's not changed really since the day that I wrote it like five six years ago but it was speaking about being awakened and the the world needs people who are awakened to show the way and you know all of this stuff I'd written years before um and when when the pandemic hit I knew that this was the shift because I'd been in different, like I'd come from religion, I knew different modalities or things like that, and, I, um, and different kind of spiritual practices or even Dolores Cannon, and different belief systems always spoke about the shift in the ages. So I knew that something was coming. And yet, for, you know, and it wasn't like the news came on and went, <clears throat> this is the beginning of the awakening. <laughs> but, you know, there was, that didn't happen. But for some reason, when I saw how it split, humanity yes. and people you know I always felt on the outside anyway right. but then when I saw this real split of people kind of going into this kind of different tunnel of reality I really saw the beginning of the the separation because there was a big separation yes. that is not necessarily healed at okay. the moment even um, but there was this big kind of chasm set between two different groups of people people who were seeing something and people who were not people who were kind of thinking and not believing everything they were told and people who were just not questioning um and but I knew that there was more to it than that that this was part of the beginning and so I and I really I changed it that year so that it became tools for the awakening because I wanted to speak to men also And um, but then also I slowed it down because up until then I was churning them out like week after week after week, pretty much um, because I, I wanted to really be I really wanted to see who was noticing what was happening on this bigger level, because I, I just I was oh, I was like, this is it. This is the change. This is what's um, happening. And. And in between that, I then started to do solo episodes where I just kind of talk about what I was seeing. And um, over the course of the years, then it started to get um, simulcast on a radio station. And then I, I, I actually split off. So I've got two podcasts. So there's her conversations where I continue to speak to people. 
And then there's also her inspirations, higher energetic resonance inspirations, where each week I'll take a different subject and I'll kind of delve into that subject a little bit deeper. And then I'll also at the end of it, add uh, a, a, a meditation or a breathwork mm-hmm. practice or a visualization. So it pulls it all together and um so yeah this this week just gone was vulnerability Mm -hmm. so it's nice for me because I get to kind of pick a subject and delve into it not only from a spiritual level but also from a psychological level and kind of just kind of present what I I learn and just kind of talk about that for about 15-20 minutes just present my my research and what I'm finding and then how we can incorporate that into just growing and, and the inspirations and then at the end of it there's there's a practice so it kind of birthed into two um but then I kept the higher energetic resonance because then it's like well this is what the this is kind of part of my world of of creation is that that is another part of it so that's how that's how the podcast started and then kind of branched off and became two amazing amazing it's beautiful um and and it's it's refreshing to hear other other people. It doesn't matter if it's women or men. It's just other people sharing the mm-hmm. message, right? Just talking about what's kind of in the backdrop of of reality, right? That we've always been the outcasts and we've been in the back, you know, and behind the scenes. And now, you know, to finally stand in your power and just you know bringing awareness to a lot of these shadow aspects of the collective, right? Right. And that need to be seen. And so it's, it's, you know, again, you're in London and I'm in Los Angeles, but it is, I don't know, like, in, not empowering, but more, um, what's the word? More like, um, I feel not alone. Right? I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not alone. I feel that you know, because it, that's also part of our upbringing, right? Feeling alone. And, and because the hyper awareness, sometimes you do feel alone in that aspect, um, because everyone isn't as aware as you, not on purpose, it's just the way we were brought up. And now that we are highlighting the awareness, and to find each other, and feeling that um, in the in, I, you know what, now that we're, I'm saying this, Huh, I wonder. We since we've been in the in the right behind the curtain, right? We've been the shadow aspect of the collective basically. Mm-hmm. And we are asking to be seen, kind of like the aspect of yourself, right? Our shadow aspects are always getting at us to be seen, right? The 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 shame, the guilt, the anger, all of these things that you you we numb out and we ignore because we want to, you know, we have responsibilities, priorities. We want to be happy at whatever cost, um, but you're not highlighting the shadow. So now I'm just realizing like all of us, the, you know, for lack of a better word, the black sheep, we've been the shadow aspect of the collective now rising up to be seen because it is, it is time, right? The, like the shift in 2020 is real. It's a big thing. It's, you know, if you're in the space, you do see the awareness of the realities breaking apart. And now it is a true yeah. space where there are two realities and 
um, for those of us that are aware, we can always dabble and go into the other reality. Uh, but eventually through time, as we keep raising the, the vibration, having the higher energetic resonance, as you so lovingly put it, that eventually we will just be living in this higher vibrational space without having access to uh, the lower frequencies because, um, you know, I love that you brought Dolores Cannon. And she, she, for anyone who's listening, if you've never heard of Dolores Cannon, Google her, watch some YouTube videos. It'll change mm. your perspective and, and give you a little more information of what we're talking about here. Um, because then we can be yeah. here for another hour about this. <laughs> yeah. And so just kind of like what you're saying about that and, and, and being the way shower and stepping up and seeing what needs to be said or brought into light in, in the way that you're able to, right? The way that your expression as Carol in this life can show up for others, right? And you, you showed up, you, you answered the call and now you're here doing this beautiful work. And um, again, it, 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 it builds for, for me, right? This is personal, just feeling like, oh, there's, there's not a lot of people out there that, da, 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 you know, but there is because this is the reason I created my podcast to show that there are other people out there highlighting the shadow of the collective which no one wants to, yeah. right? Because we, we were still kind of outcasted because we get ostracized in many forms and many ways of what we're sharing because it isn't, um, it isn't the, the main media, the mainstream of thought mm. of the collective. The collective yeah. is predominantly in the fearful state. And we're telling you that, no, it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. We can be in an unconditional loving space not, not right now, all the time, right? Not in this moment only, but all the time because that is our natural disposition and how we were made. We were made from love. And, you know, nature is a big example of that every day. She's always showing up for us. Hey, I love you today. Here's another flower. Here's a butterfly. Here's a squirrel. Here's a whatever. Um, so it's just the way that we're both inviting you. We're inviting you to see that the fear isn't healthy that fear you know it, it regulates your mind it it stays in your body you know it 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 definitely clouds your soul so it's just kind of doing the work that's what we call it the work because it is undoing something that's just been done to us and seeing that we have the power to undo what we've been taught that isn't true because fear isn't a true state. It's just something we believe in, we feed into, you know, love doesn't need us to believe into it. It just is. Mm. So that's a huge mm -hmm. difference. Um, and so I'm so happy that we cross roads and um, that, you know, For now sure. we're in each other's lives and, you know, having, yeah. you know, an, a sister to, you know, talk to be like hey what are your thoughts on this right what are you are you on this have, mm. what have you dealt with because we kind of were doing that before we got into this wonderful conversation just to have um the confirmation of what we're feeling and and the, and the energy that we're sitting in right because uh, mm. we not that we don't want to do it wrong it's just uh it's being the way shower is a space that no one's ever been right so 
it'll come with some self-doubt because like I, our ancestors have also mm-hmm. never been here right so we're like um this is showing up for me is that showing up for you I don't know mm-hmm. like is this normal like being in a new space is you know so it's really refreshing and comforting to to have yeah. these connections um and then we're going to keep expanding in this space right so um wanted to ask you where can people find you um in social media on your website yeah the easiest way is to uh come to my website it's carolmaywittick.com so i'll spell it <laughs> c-a-r-o-l-m-a-e-w-h-i-t-t-i-c-k.com um i'm on instagram kazmik c-a-z-m-i-c-k but if you go to the website then it'll send you all over the internet <laughs> the easiest way as well and also you can kind of it's got all the podcasts there as well so it's one way of actually going between the two podcasts instead of kind of searching them out on different platforms but they're available on all platforms anyway Fantastic. and i'll definitely be sharing with the listeners mm. all your links as well i know like apple apple oh doesn't God. let us put links but at least google does um and then um something you just said i wanted to bring up um skip me i guess it wasn't meant to be shared that's how i see it like oh okay <laughs> maybe not this time um but thank you again for your time and and your energy your light um mm-hmm. today was truly special and um it was yeah. i wanted to ask you is there anything else that you would like to share with the listener before i uh end this conversation I would say, and it's, you know, just a perspective of a person, so I'm not kind of trying to impart any sage or guru wisdom here, <laughs> but that whatever you've been through, there is, um, there's beauty in it, and if you're in the middle of it right now, I get it, man, I've, I know what it's like to be in the center of, uh, like, a whole load of crap and just wondering how you're going to get out of it, like, numerous times where I've just been like why 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 um and the the easiest the way that I found has worked for me when I've been in situations that I've just not wanted to be in pain uh, that I've not wanted to be in uh, just situations that I was that I would even not even tell people that I was going through you know so people wouldn't even realize that I was in that space but the way that I've always found to start to move th- through any situation is to surrender into it. Mm. Even it feels like you want to fight to get yeah. out of a situation. If I think of like the most recent challenge that I had, um, I was fighting it for a long time. I was, I was hating that I was there. And then after a while, I'm like, do you know what? All right. Okay. This is where yeah. I am. And and it wasn't like the situation changed overnight. In fact, it took months before I really came out of that situation, like physically, but like emotionally and mentally, I just went, okay, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. And then kind of see it from a point of view going, this is not going to be here forever. And this is going to be something that I'm going to tell people that I got over in the future. Yes. And then it just kind of switches it and makes it, you, you kind of are then able to move out of the pain of it, right. move out of the blame of it and start to go, let me collect all the information right. so that I can tell a good story 
at, at the end mm -hmm. of it and then I, when I'm looking it over I can really see how it affected me that's if if anything that has allowed me to come through tough situations again and again and again and find resilience is there comes a point where you've just got to stop fighting it and let it be what it is that's that's that would powerful be. powerful the surrender part i think uh at any point right there's gonna be that point for everyone's lives mm -hmm. you just gonna be like uh, all right i guess just whatever what do you do because you do try right you try whatever situation and eventually it's just mm -hmm. you just get so tired and you just okay whatever's yeah. gonna happen it's gonna happen i thank you for for that last message beautiful beautiful and, and you are so beautiful and i want to oh, yeah you. of course thank you again and thank you to the listener um to all the listeners thank you for sharing the space with us you know you're also engaging and expanding within yourself just listening to this conversation and if any of it resonated with you please feel free to share with anyone else that you think they may need to hear today's message um and remember that the breath is the secret and tr always try to lead with love and i love you all so much until the next time if today's episode resonated with you in any way please subscribe to my podcast and share with anyone that may need to hear today's message you can find me at presently aqui on all social media platforms Gratitude donations are also accepted via Venmo at Presently Aki. My wish for all of you is to find the courage and strength to start the path to self-love through mindfulness, because you deserve it. Remember the breath is the secret, and always lead with love.